G'day listeners, welcome to the Braintainment Podcast. My name's Liam O'Donnell and this show will, we hope, truly educate and entertain you with a mission to do a couple of things. Firstly, to blend the world of personal development with pop culture and making the conversation around self-improvement, philosophy, things of that nature far more sexy and more impactful for the masses. One way we do that is through these conversations, either with just myself or with some incredible people that will feature on the show from a wide variety of worlds such as neuroscience, health and fitness, philosophy, business, sports, leadership, and even the entertainment space, which will be very exciting. The second part of our mission is to raise $1 million towards brain injury recovery and brain research, which is very dear to my heart. You can hear more about that on our social channels. So for now, subscribe and enjoy the show. Okay, we're rolling. The podcast is back on air for another episode, and we're in for a treat today. We're joined by one of the coolest Aussie dads in the country right now, Shane Vincent, uh, recently evicted from the Big Brother house. We're going to cover a fair bit here today. Should be fun. Uh, but firstly, Shane, thanks for coming on the show for a chat today, mate. No dramas, Liam. My pleasure. So, Big Brother, well and truly back. Uh, we're going to talk about that, of course, your time in the house. Uh, we've got some fun ones to throw at you. and. Uh, <laughs> We're also going to talk a bit about the mental health space, which I'll get to a little bit later. I know that's in, important to you, and we'll yep. hear a bit about your story and whatnot. But to kick us off, mate, talk us through how the, the Big Brother journey started. When did you first hear about the show coming back, and did you immediately think to yourself of applying, or were you encouraged by someone else to do so? What did that look like? Yeah, so I um, I did a uh, same-sex female wedding and um, the, one of the brides uh, just sent me the link to Big Brother. I had no idea it was returning or anything like that. She just sent me an application through Messenger and said, you'll be great for this. You should apply. So I, I clicked on the link and then I realized it was back and filled out the application and started the process. So yeah, it was that, it was that sort of uh, situation, how it happened. Yeah, right. It must have made a pretty decent impression then for her to reach out and think you that you'd be good on TV. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty good at celebrity. That's uh, that's my bread and butter. So yeah, I was uh, I was impressed that she thought I'd be uh, entertaining on the big screen as well. So that's great. So what did that process look like for the uh, for the application? Was it a, a video submission? Um, you know, was it a was it a drawn out process? Can you give us a snapshot of yeah. how that looks? I know I know the show's coming back for for 2021. Yeah. Um, so for people listening that um, that might want to give it a crack, what do they need to know and Maybe if you have a couple of tips for them as well. Yeah, no dramas. Um, so uh, it's a application process at first, and then it's a few pages of that, just asking questions about you and your personal history, and you know, loves and likes and dislikes and all that sort of stuff. And then you've got to um, do a yeah a video recording of yourself, and then you apply that. It's like sixty seconds, I think, of just a snapshot of your life, and send it off. And then from that, they uh, get back to you with a. Um, a live sort of face-to-face interview. It's still a uh, group interview. It's still about uh, when I went, I think there was like a 1,000 people over three days or something in Brisbane. Right. And um, you sort of go through that big group interview process again and then day after day they start culling and then you get the call back really <laughs> every day. <laughs> At, uh, yeah. Next morning you get called back up to come back in and then you, and you go through another sort of uh, series of questions. Did you know what they were looking for? Like was there – or is it – were you just – was your strategy essentially, look, I'm just going to be myself and if they like me, great. If they don't, you know, too bad, so sad. Yeah, like, pretty, you- pretty much. There's no there's no sort of set thing that I think they're actually looking for. They know what they're looking for. I have no idea right. what they're looking for because of, um, you know, they've got 
a certain person, I guess, a personality, mm. a demographic. I'm not too sure. I mean, they've got to cover all bases, I guess, to get a, a good eclectic mix of personalities in the house to make it watchable. So my advice is just be yourself. Don't like I didn't go in there and stand out from the crowd. I didn't wear the loudest clothes. I didn't I wasn't the loudest personality in the room. I was just being myself and as legitimate to myself as I could be, you know, and uh paid off in the end and got a key to the house. Yeah, very nice. It seems like a pretty epic experience from afar anyway, certainly watching on TV. I've heard you talk a couple of times. Sounds like it was a, a pretty fun time for you. What was, the, what was the best thing about it? Was there any particular highlights that stood out from your time in the house? Oh, mate, the highlights are starting from the day you get accepted, like the anticipation of going into the house from the time you get down then you're in lockdown straight away and then all of a sudden I'm thrust into a crane over this house thinking that I'm going to be like the first one in the house, but I'm the last person in the house, not even the first <laughs> one. So right. And then the experience starts again. So your whole strategy in your mind uh, starts again because then you think, holy shit, I'm, I'm not first in here, I'm last. All these people know each other. I've got to try and make some really good friends really quickly or I'm out, you know. So um, but the so you, you have no idea that who's in the house and who's not at that stage? No, that? no, no. I thought yeah, I was right. coming in first. I thought right, we were okay. the first in there. So, But, uh, yeah, no, we're, the dead, we're dead last. So these people have been on there for like well, some of them six days already. So they've got good friendships, good good alliances already, and then and they – didn't give us a really warm reception when we arrived either because that's like four more people you have to feed, four more people you have to try uh, beat to get out to, you know, go up challenges against. So it just makes it all that bit harder. But, mate, every every experience and every day in that house was, uh, was a journey and, uh, yeah, I, I loved every moment of it. Was there anything that uh, maybe caught you by surprise that you that you didn't love uh, that maybe you weren't expecting? Yeah, like the strategy stuff. You know what I mean. I didn't expect it to be so intense. There's a lot of talk of strategy and having to befriend people, then turn around and, and knife them in the back. It's uh, it's right. a, definitely a uh, a mind game from the from the moment you land into Big Brother House and you and you you've got to really be wary of that straight away. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, that quote unquote playing the game. Obviously, a lot of psychology goes into um, surviving in the house and obviously makes for great tally to watch. Yeah. Uh, but I imagine when you're in there, it's pretty tough um, when you're in the house, both to be on the receiving end of it, like you obviously were consequently um, <laughs> get, getting stitched up. But yeah. uh, also for someone like yourself, mate, you seem, again, from afar anyway, like a pretty genuine bloke. Was that a pretty tough gig to then have to go behind people's back? Like you said, knife them in the back at times. How did all that sit with you and, and how did you sort of – How'd you go about that? Yeah, if you saw me, if they had like live, like twenty-four hour cameras in there that the public would see, you'd see me. Like I'm, I didn't sleep in the house at all. It really, um, it was a real struggle for me. Um, like I was always up at like two or three in the morning, walking around the house, like just like yeah, I just couldn't sleep because I think of uh, the whole emotion of a thing and the whole, I guess, guilty feeling of having to do that to people. Uh, really took its toll toward the end, but. Um, yeah, I, I know it was part of the journey, part of the game, but yeah, it's a definite. Uh, it's definitely uh, takes its toll emotionally and psychology, uh, psychi- well, <laughs> psychologically on you anyway. It seems though um, that you managed to keep your, I don't know if you call it your reputation intact though. Like obviously <laughs> yeah. you have to play, you have to, you have to, um, you know, like you say, you have to play the game. You have to have, you give it a crack. And yeah. I know you made a move on Matt, which obviously didn't work yeah. out too well for you, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> can I laugh about it now? Yeah. But um, 
I know some other housemates, not only on this season, but in seasons past anyway, haven't, you know, haven't sort of gone out as gracefully. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know Angela, for example, big yeah. personality in the house. Um, you know, it's pretty interesting to see her mouthing off before yeah. before yeah. she was inevitably evicted. Yeah. Um, what did you make of that? Was that a pretty silly move? Or Yeah, definitely. Like it's very – it's a fine line to play that game with some sort of integrity and leave with your integrity intact. Like you're, you're – your whole, um, I guess, persona is put on display for Australia to judge, and once you're, um, and once you're exposed like that, it's really hard to, uh, I guess, bring back or rectify or see people in a different light. Once people have seen the way you are, to try convince people that you're another person. So yeah, you've really got to. It's a fine line to tiptoe. And I was lucky enough that um, you know I, I've come across hopefully the way I am in real life. So and um, and people respect me for that. And even though I did take a swipe at Maddie, it was for uh, for good reason. And um, it was uh, yeah, I think if um, I would have got the support from the house, it would have been a big move. Yeah, I like that. I like that integrity. I think it's um, half the reason I wanted to get you on the show for a chat as well. It's just you did manage to keep that integrity. I suppose it, it's a bit of a tough one, isn't it? Like it seems there's some interesting characters that managed to stick around for a bit. And then poor old Shane, lovable dad from Tweethead, <laughs> gets the ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes me wonder if, you know, if I was to go into the house or anyone listening, um, if the best approach is to maybe start training up those asshole muscles yeah, to, <laughs> to, uh, to puck, be ready. Pucker up your lips, mate, start kissing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think um, a lot of the players, except the dominant ones, are just staying underneath um, the dominant players staying close with the Alliance, you know, not saying much. Very, very. Um, I think this is a game that you can make moves or you don't make moves. I mean, the people that don't make moves aren't getting seen enough on television, and um, some of the big players like the Angelas and the Dans uh, are getting um, great airtime. But I, I guess their uh, public persona is coming off a bit, you know, mm. not as great as they thought they'd be portrayed as well. So you know, like I said, I would rather a little bit of airtime and come off with my integrity intact than a, a public assassination of my good name, you know? Yeah, I like it. You don't want to um, jeopardise your chances of getting some gigs for uh, for more weddings, right? Yeah, mate, exactly. You know, I mean, <laughs> my, my, this is my bread and butter, being a celebrant and a nice black. I didn't want to throw it all in the trash just because, um, you know, I was I was trying to win $250,000 in, in, a, in a, like, essentially what is a game show or reality tv mm. show but cross game show but uh yeah i just didn't want to uh ruin my reputation for that i went in there trying to win and win and try to play and be myself doing it and if that wasn't the the uh ingredients to win well so be it i had a great time and that was that no that's good mate so just on the the dominant players then um Particularly the boys, yep. pretty big alliance. Dan, Matt, Xavier still in the house. Yep. Uh, is that going to be pretty hard to break up? Yeah, mate. I mean, that was it was from the start, you know. And hanging in that cage for the first like three and a half hours. As soon as I got there, I got to see these um, these alliance formed from a from a bit of an elevated point, I guess. So you saw everyone sort of, you know, sort of gathered around like Dan and Matt and uh, and Zave and that, and that was their groups forming. I could see the groups have already been established, so. I knew those guys were going to be hard to beat, and that's why I took a swipe at Maddie. And I'm friends with Maddie and Dan and Zave and Chad and all the boys still. You know, like, like I said, I'm 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 happy go lucky sort of guy. So what happened in the game stays in the game for me. I don't bring anything and broadcast anything outside of that because, I mean, everyone was trying to win 250 grand, and I and I can appreciate that. But the boys the boys are going to be hard to beat. I think that's a it's a pretty strong alliance and. 
the the worst thing about is that they've formed a strong alliance with like Casey and you know Kieran and all mm. those other people in there, which eventually, mate, there's only going to be one winner and one man standing. So, um, you know, whoever it's going to be is going to have a lot of guilt, but be elated at the same time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. I was going to ask you actually. So you guys uh, keep in touch for the most part. Um, you reckon you'll stay friends with some of these guys uh, when everything's done and dusted? Yeah, yeah. I talk to Chad and Maddie and Dan and Zave on a pretty much regular basis and Ian as well. Like and a lot of the guys I, I keep in contact with. If I'm not talking to them on the phone, there's a few text messages going back and forth. And, um, yeah, like I, like I said, I have no grudges or ill will toward anyone really. I mean, I had a bit of a swipe at Angela at the end there. That was just a sh- tried, tried to throw her on the bus so I could have another shot at the, at the money. But it wasn't anything in um, – as an insult, I was just trying to make the the housemates see a, a bit of a home truth about Angela that um, she already admitted that she was calling them stupid and all that sort of stuff. I was just trying to, uh, I guess, make them see the bigger picture before I got the um, got the ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Hey, mate, you, you alluded to it a little bit before, and I heard you talk recently about uh, maybe the viewers perhaps not getting to see the depth of some of the characters in the house. Yeah, you know, we obviously see what the producer put together, and uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot a lot we would miss. Is there anyone in the house that perhaps is, I don't know, maybe a little bit different or maybe has a different side to them that we haven't um, haven't seen on tally? Yeah, like there's a lot of the boys, like I guess they haven't been shown a lot of character. Like, you know, even though Dance and, and Maddie are portrayed pretty much as villains at this stage, like I didn't find them like that in the house. Their persona was quite jovial and fun. And, but also I wasn't privy to the conversations that I've seen on television between them two either, like them – uh, like condoluting to get people out and the, the the dinner trying to get me out and stuff like that and they came out high fiving me after that dinner and <laughs> you know what I mean so, <laughs> yeah. so so you know that sort of stuff as well which is like I know it's gameplay and stuff like that but you don't get to see that you just see that sort of villainous character of them both which is uh which is kind of bad and the same as like Chad Chad and I had a, a really good time in the house we got some really fun moments together just like mucking around and. Um, even like I said earlier, like I was up in the mornings at two thirty walking around. But if I heard someone go to the toilet, I'd hide behind a plant and jump out and scare the shit out of them. You know what I mean? So yeah, like little things like that that you miss out, and, and it shows character. And it's not just a game. We did have fun in there, and we did really connect with each other. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned Chad there. Um, I'm not sure what the latest is with with him and Sophie. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, you know, <laughs> Their business. I won't ask you to talk too much to that. But did you consider putting your hand up to marry them at one point in the house, being right. a civil celebrant? Did that uh, did that come up on the cards at all, mate? There was a marriage on the cards to happen, a ceremony in the house, but it wasn't Sophie and Chad. It was Dan. Yeah. And, it was Dan and Sarah. I was, <laughs> was going to ask you, mate. So about any other love affair? So yeah. tell me how that what was that about? Oh, it was just like a funny thing, just because they're, they're so polar opposites in height. It would have been funny. A little, <laughs> little bride and a little like a six foot eight gorilla monster with this four foot seven uh, which would have been like a sort of an Adams family takeoff with uh, um, a bit of a funny funny ceremony but unfortunately yeah it never came about yeah <laughs> mate there's obviously a ton of cameras spread across the house and um, watching your every move um, was that something that you were hyper aware of at, at first or or not at all and I guess over time did you just sort of forget about it? Yeah, like everything, you get used to your surroundings, you know, and you forget like cameras are around and you, you're mic'd up and all that sort of stuff. It, it does become the norm and it's uh, it's amazing what you can get used to when you're thrown into a 
into a environment. And so, yeah, like eventually you, you stop looking at the cameras and you stop uh, remembering about your mics and stuff like that. And you do have these sometimes in-depth conversations that you forget about and sometimes you do have these uh, outbursts that you forget about and sometimes Big Brother calls you in for swearing too much and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, he does uh, – it takes that sort of, um, I guess, snap back into reality when you hear his voice calling you to the diary and tells you to stop swearing on the mic so much that you go, that's right, I'm on national television. So what are what are some of the things that I've always been curious, uh, if you don't mind uh, sharing a little bit, what are some of the things that you can't do? So if you're swearing too much and you get you get the clip, uh, clip on the ears, are there yeah. any other yeah, sort like, of, you know, no-goes? Yeah, yeah like obviously uh, like swearing on the mic and stuff like that is a, a no-go and um, – I guess trying to trying to escape, you can't do that either. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, anything anything that he perceives as bad behaviour, he'll 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 come in and have a chat to you. So he's uh, he's pretty ruthless and he's always watching. So you, you can't really get away with too much. Even uh, you know trying to have a mid like you know I was Papa Bear in the house. So a couple of midday snoozes. I was like Shane, wake up! And I was like, I'm not sleeping. I'm just I was closing my eyes for a second. I was just thinking. <laughs> Uh, yeah right. So uh, a lot of things, mate. But um, all in all, most of the uh, housemates are pretty housemates. Sorry, are, are pretty well behaved, and yeah. So there wasn't too much rousing going on by BB. Mate, just a few more on the Big Brother staff, and then yeah, we'll move no, on. A um, couple of quick ones for you. Favorite housemate? Oh, uh, mate, I, I, it's, it's got to be Chad. Like I got along with Chad the most. We exercised together. I like we did a lot of boxing together in the house. Like um, I actually kicked him in the elbow. Um, doing some Muay Thai and um, he had to go get it strapped up by the Ambos, taken off set oh. and, and he had to wear a jumper for two days because <laughs> because there was there was no one, so no one knew he hurt himself. <laughs> Inside scoop, heard yeah. it here first. If we yeah, came around for the jumper, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah. Uh, but that, yeah, you know, Chad, Chad and me go along. We 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 confide in each other a lot. You know, least favorite. Mate, I didn't really have a least favourite. I didn't like the way Angela played the game. Um, she, she, and when she even got out of the house, she started like bad mouthing um, housemates and their and the personalities. And and I thought once the game was over, it was uncalled for. So to me, personally, that was a, uh, a like a, a, an attack that didn't need to be done. Like the game was over for her; she was already out. She didn't really need to start attacking people's character on the outside to media. So that was a bit of a kick in the gut. So. Yeah, but yeah, probably Ange, Ange, if I had to choose. Yeah. No, you don't strike me as someone who's um, full of too much hatred, but um, but yeah, well said. Uh, anyone with really bad habits that got on your nerve? We saw a couple. I think um, <laughs> with a Dan seemed to snore a fair bit. I reckon yeah. that would do my head in. But yeah. um, who had some bad habits in there? Uh, Kieran was always in the fridge, in the kitchen. You never saw him out of it. He doesn't, and he just lays on the couch. He licks his lips heaps. Like, he just constantly... He's constantly licking his lips. I don't know whether it's after he eats and he licks his lips or he's just he's just constantly like he's got windburn or something. He's just constantly licking his lips. So it was it wasn't so much annoying, but sometimes you saw him. He, he used to eat with his mouth open, right? So he he just like constantly eat with his mouth open, like, and he never used to clean up after himself because he he's never lived out of home. So he just leave it he leave his dishes and stuff in the sink and walk away. Surprise me. So he just dump his shit after he's um <laughs> his face and ate all our food for the week and then sit there and lick his lips for the next two hours <laughs> yeah it doesn't surprise me at all yeah so pretty annoying <laughs> so who's your, who's your tip to win i've also got a few more weeks for the show to unfold and yeah. um any any um 
Any like, tip to win this one? Yeah, I'd, I'd like you know I'd like to see Chad win. He's getting um, he's like I know like at the moment Dan and um, Maddie are looking pretty villainish, and uh, Chad comes across I think on the telly really well. He's got a big heart, you know what I mean. He sticks he's sticking up for Sophie, so yeah, I think uh, I'd like to see Chad win. Plus, he said if he wins two hundred fifty grand, he's going to take me to Vegas, so I don't want him to win. <laughs> Mate, fair enough. I would too. I want to win for you now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hey, uh, Shane, let's change lanes a little bit. Yep. Um, let's talk about some mental health stuff. And I reached, I reached out to you, mate. I saw an article about, uh, about you advocating mental health professionals, the work they do. Uh, I think you shared it on your, on your socials too. So yep. let's talk about that for a moment. It's a subject matter that uh, look, it's getting a lot of airtime in recent years, which is great. And it's something that I'm personally uh, insanely passionate about. I won't derail too much, but yep. – um, could you share with us, mate, why is, why is the world of mental health an important topic for you and maybe just expand on some of your thoughts around the professionals working in that space? Mate, um, I think it's just I've known a lot of people and myself included that have gone and seek help from mental health professionals and gotten a lot out of it. I know I did. And I think it's um, to have this sort of um, – to have this sort of, I guess, soapbox and this all of a sudden public notoriety that I can, you know, bring something to the forefront and make something good out of it. I think um, to bring sort of mental health issues to the forefront of that, it's doing something good for my community and probably community at large to be able to help any way I can. So, um, yeah, I was, um, I've done my, I'm like to go into not too much detail, but yeah, I, uh, I had a lot of things bad happened to me in, in a short amount of time like my mother passed away um in a very short period and then um after that um uh, a little boy that I was giving CPR to who was four years old died in my arms and um um he died in a, a malicious sort of way he was murdered um so um yeah so that sort of stuck with me and um to get through that sort of stuff it uh, kept me up at nights for a long time so yeah so to be able to um I needed to seek help after that for a long time and uh, it's been – and every now and then it does seep back in. So um, I get uh, – um, yeah, I give a lot of time and respect to uh, mental health professionals because they definitely helped me out of a, a very dark room and uh, made me see the light again. So, mm. yeah. yeah I, I did see that story that you shared. So I appreciate you sharing on on this show here. Um yeah, uh, and I can only imagine the impact it would have. Look, it's an interesting one, and I think why I want to have you on the show, like you touched on there, is you know you got a bit of a platform now, and um, you, you've kind of got this opportunity to share your thoughts around the mental health space and just make it, the conversation a bit more prolific, I suppose. Which yep. you know I, I think is really, really important. And you wrote something interesting. I think it was on the post on socials. Uh, you wrote, "People often smile through pain, yep. so encourage conversations." Yeah, and mate. We always see you with a massive smile on your face, you're full of joy, full of laughs. Obviously, over the last little bit, we've been chatting, we've been, you know, having a good laugh. Um, I think it's too easy to see people like you and so many others, and just assume that, um, you know, from afar, just assume that you're full of joy 100 percent of the time, and yep. um, that you're not fighting your own battles. So, I guess, uh, do you think it's a pretty fair assessment that you know, using this platform as an opportunity to share your own story is going to have you know a positive impact? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I hopefully, like people can see past smiles sometimes and ask people, like, you know, is are you okay? Basically, what that is, you know, what I mean, it's like 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 Livin says, and ain't weak to speak. You know what I mean? Get out there, ask your friends if they're okay. If you know they're having problems, 
pick up the phone, take him out for a drink, uh, you know what I mean? Just take him out somewhere and just have a chat with him just to see where their headspace is at because you never know. You could be the person that stops them from doing something that they can't get come back from, you know? Mate, you're, you're spot on. And it's, it's, it is an interesting one, I think, uh, and really important. Um, I, I touched on it earlier, but, you know, I've had my own struggles. I know most people listening, I'm sure, can relate in some way. But funnily enough, I've, I've always felt somewhat open with sharing and to an extent been reasonably articulate over the years, but not everyone um, is as open. Yep. So I think just relying on people to come to you if they're you know feeling a bit flat or if they've got something going on is not enough. Just being, I guess, encouraging that conversation, it could be fine. People yep. might have any, you know, they could be in a good headspace, but you just never know. Yep. And that, that camaraderie, I guess, removing the stigma around um, some of the mental health challenges that uh, that do rear their head at times is super important. So reaching out to people that you know and just checking in, um, it goes a long way. Definitely, definitely. I mean, you need you need support. I mean, like you said, not everyone's a, a talker and they're not going to like obviously give up information straight away. Um, so And sometimes you have to dig a bit deeper. But I think just rallying around them and being um, in their space is sometimes enough, you know what I mean, and just letting yep. them know that you're there regardless. You don't have to draw every piece of information out of them, but just letting them know that you're there and if, you know, at any stage you can, they can pick up a phone and talk to you, you know what I mean? And, that's, and that, I think that goes a long way with, friends family whoever a stranger if you're noticing something whatever whatever it takes to sometimes save a life you could be that one phone call you know what i mean one thousand percent um yeah no one's superhuman and like i sort of touched on you know someone like yourself full of personality uh full of joy big smile on your face to know that you've also had your challenges um and uh like you touched on that story i can only imagine the impact that would have had to know that you've gone through that and you know it, it is it becomes very relatable um, and it's comforting to know that, uh, yeah, no one's Superman. So uh, definitely connecting with people makes makes a big impact. Hey, just to, to finish up, Shane, and I really appreciate you carving out some time. You are, of course, a civil celebrant. Just want to talk on that a little bit uh, for a bit of fun before yeah, we finish no up. No Shout out to my housemate, firstly, Brendan. He's a, he's a civil celebrant as well. So oh, yeah, he, nice. uh, He'd be pretty dirty at me if I didn't give him a quick shout out. Um, <laughs> how did you how did you get into that gear? How did that come about? Uh, mate, my wife and I started going to uh, lots of weddings. It was that sort of year, eighteen month period where all our mates were getting sort of married and we're going to weddings. Seemed like every other weekend, and um, yeah, just sitting down and watching celebrants do their thing. It wasn't um, they just weren't great. Um, they were kind of regurgitating the same sort of ceremonies that I heard, like the last sort of 10 weddings that I went to and I, I found them a bit boring and, and they weren't really personalizing ceremonies and stuff like that. And uh, I went to one wedding of my friends and uh, the celebrant called him the wrong name like six times during the ceremony and um, he had to stop the wedding and just go, listen, that's not my name. You keep calling me the wrong name, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, she kept on doing it and uh, this whole hoorah at the end of it. So I just went to my wife and said, I could do this. And then uh, she goes, we'll do it. So I went home and had a look how to do it. And then seven years later, mate, I'm doing 100 weddings a year and they can't stop me. Seven years now, is it? Yeah, wow. Yeah. So this is my seventh year. Good innings. And so now are you, I suppose after um, doing so many now, you probably have a lot of referrals and and whatnot. And obviously with, with your new platform now from from the show, it's probably only going to help. Well, other than, of course, bloody Corona throwing things, you know, <laughs> throwing things around a bit. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, how, how did you go about, I guess, building that database 
for anyone who potentially wants to get into that space. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's it's all about hitting the ground running. You know what I mean? You have to get out there and um, you got to hustle. You got to get out there, do your expos, get your advertising. You got to spend money first to um, get some clientele and put your name out there. There is a lot of celebrants in Australia now, um, a lot of young ones. So. Um, I just started a new business and actually employing some celebrants to come under my my banner. It's called the, the Celebrant Circle. There you right, go. Okay. There's, there's a plug. Good, um, mate. Yeah, please. <laughs> plug away. The Celebrant yeah. Circle. So check that out. Like uh, Celebrant Circle, is it? Yep, yeah, yeah, that's it. You get under that and just uh, have a look at that website. And it's got a group of celebrants, including myself, that um, can uh, officiate weddings for uh, all around Australia, which is great. So it's kind of like a directory of uh, cool celebrants. That is really cool. Have you, have you got a favorite wedding that you've done? Oh, I've done so many cool weddings, like so many. Like I've I've done weddings in the surf, dressed up as Elvis, dressed as a monk, <laughs> naked. Uh, <laughs> so I don't. Um, Are these all different weddings, or is this yeah, all in one? No, 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 no. This is all different. <laughs> so, okay, okay. So, oh, that's um, a pretty epic wedding, if so. Yeah, that sounds like a real. That sounds like a Vegas wedding. Yeah, I'd crush um, that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh, Chad and Soph in Vegas if you guys oh, head mate, over there if you win. You know, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what we'll could see. be on the cards. Could be on the cards. I'll see how uh, I'll talk to my boy Chad. He's actually coming up for my birthday next month. I've got my 40th next month. So oh, it's coming, on. So he's coming up for that. So it'll be nice to see him. Very nice. <laughs> I'll check in with you guys after that. <laughs> uh, mate, that's it. I'll let you go. Again, appreciate you carving out some time. Awesome to chat. Um you know, I know myself, like a lot of listeners, would be super curious as to what goes into um, the Big Brother house behind the scenes. Um, you've been able to share some thoughts there. Ripper bloke, uh, appreciate you sharing your thoughts around the mental health space. It's a message that I want to try and share on every episode. I can always want to have fun and, and, you know, get value where we can, but also at the same time share a message that's important if we're able to do so. So, mate, it's been fun. No dramas at all, Liam, anytime, mate. I'm always here. <laughs>